you're going to need a foreskin for that. Okay. Uh... <laughs> and you're the only one with one. Oh, God. Give me a Q-tip. Facts are tracks. We're going to break some vinyl down from the front to the back with facts on tracks. Welcome to Breaking Vinyl. I'm your host, Des, a.k.a. Johnny. 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 And as always, I'm joined by my three co-hosts. First up, the podcaster, coming through in high fidelity. Evil Ed. What's up, people? And the podcaster, playing the deep cuts. Dangerous Dave. Hello, everybody. And last but not least, the podcaster with a degree in rock and roll and a blue truck. Beaconstein. <laughs> hey. Okay. Is that truck four-wheel drive fee? Yeah. Now, you wouldn't need it out in Vegas, though, unless you were driving into the desert to bury bodies. As That's always, right. the mission of this show is for us to introduce each other and you, the listeners, to albums and bands which you may never have heard of before, like this week, while also discussing the classics. And on occasion, we will ruthlessly insult each other's musical taste. So sit back and enjoy the show. All right. Tonight, we will be discussing Dirty Honey, the debut studio album by Dirty Honey, produced by Nick Dita, released on April 23rd. Of 2021 by Dirt Records. Joe Dirt Records. The album reached number 12 on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Chart with California Dreamin'. The band's lineup was as follows. Mark LaBelle, lead vocals. John Nutto, guitar. Justin Smolian, bass. And Corey Coverstone on drums from 2017 to 2023. So he is... No longer the drummer of the band, I imagine. Uh, Let's do some quick facts on this one. So singer Mark LaBelle came up with the name Dirty Honey after hearing Robert Plant mention his band, The Honey Drippers, in a Howard Stern interview and thought, sounds like a dirty rock and roll name. So he just switched it around a little bit and came up with Dirty Honey. So I like it. And I like the name a lot. I think it's cool. Uh, Dave, what do you got on this one? Any good facts? Sure. Uh, Released in March 2019, the band's debut single, When I'm Gone, became the first song by an unsigned artist to reach number one on Billboard's mainstream rock chart. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Honey has opened for The Who, Guns N' Roses, Slash, and Alter Bridge. Also impressive. And Uh, uh, and the uh, Black Crows as well. Nice. Nice. Uh, I read an interview with the guitar player on Guitar World's website, and he kind of sounds like an ass. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But that's my opinion. Sure. Uh, All right. You got anything else? That's all I got. Okay, good enough. For a band that none of us had ever heard of, that's pretty good. (laughs) Uh, Ed, what do you got? Oh, I love it. Kind of sounds like an ass. (laughs) We've all been there. Sure. Uh, yeah, so, uh, a couple things. Guitarist John Notto moved to L.A. in an attempt to duplicate the success of Guns N' Roses. 
That's where he met Mark LaBelle, who was playing gigs with his band at that time, Ground Zero. They joined up uh, in Ground Zero, and then uh, they were playing a mix of cover and original songs written by LaBelle. Hmm. And I can't say this enough, and I know I've never said it here, but when I was in an original band, I was always like, we need to mix covers and slowly incorporate originals because it is such a successful, like the, it's a successful formula, but I find that the odds are kind of tipped in your favor a little bit because people start to think that it might be a cover song or whatnot, and they get used to it, especially if the covers you do are in the same style. Yeah. So kudos to them to kind of just paying attention to how it used to be and how things used to work. I mean, Aerosmith made it big doing it that way. So, you know, it's it's really cool. I mean, think about Van Halen's first album, you know, their big hit was a cover tune. Yeah. 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 There you go. (laughs) Um, Funny you said that, Ed, though. Like, in the last band that I actually gigged with, Damn Shame. So we had this singer, you know, looked like a rock star. And I was always wanting to put cover tunes in the set. You know, I'm like, nobody gives a fuck about your original songs. They, you need to have cover songs to get people up front watching the show. And Absolutely. eventually he got on board. He's like, all right. So I was like, all right, let's do start me up by the stones. He's like, no, I want to do like a, an obscure stone song. I'm like, then why are we doing a cover song? If we're doing right. a stone song that nobody's <laughs> ever heard of. And oh we used God. to fucking fight on this, on this subject all the time. So I'd pick a cover song mm-hmm. by a band and he'd fight me on it. Like, let's do one of the B side. I'm like, then why don't we just put an original here? He never got exactly. it. He never got it. If you're listening, you never got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, oh, any, anything else, Ed? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of it. I got one more fact, but All I'll right. leave it just in case he's got it. Okay. Fee, what do you got on this one? I'm going to say the rivers run dry on this one. Okay. I Not too much, but, you know, they did open for the Black Crows, too, on their Shake Your Moneymaker tour, um, but not not all of the, you know, not not every venue. And I was looking it up. So I was like, because the band that opened for them out here was kind of decent, you know, mm-hmm. but largely unmemorable at the time. And yeah. uh, I looked it up. They did not play out here in Vegas. So, so you'd never seen them? Nope. Okay. Uh, Ed, go ahead. What do you got for your final thoughts since uh, Fees River has run dry? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I kind of like this, uh, and this is in uh, Wikipedia. Uh, the band became official after they played their second show on the sidewalk of Sunset Boulevard in front of 100 people. Nice. For some reason, I just love that. I think that is so cool because, you know, uh, we're going to play on the sidewalk and just going, oh, God. Ed, but, back in the day, bands would become official it. over like a Jack and Coke at the whiskey. Like, I'm a band, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you kidding me? It's still like that. Oh, my God. I think yeah. I just joined a band last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You're at the Tin Whistle. You have a couple of beers. All right, so that's it, right? You're my singer now? I'll definitely do it. Yeah, so we're in. <laughs> oh, shit. Are we doing this? <laughs> that's fucking awesome. All right, let's uh, do some opening thoughts on this one. So I picked this, obviously. I discovered this band while doing a YouTube deep dive. I do this all the time. I'm just looking for new music. I just start, like, searching. And I came aco- across the uh, the single, California Dream, and the video, and I watched it. And I was impressed. I was like, damn, all right. So I picked the album. Uh, never listened to it. Only heard the one song. 
So this is a brand new album for me. Um, I listened to it enough times this week to see, because I had a feeling about this the first time I listened to it. And I wanted to see if after like 10 or 12 listens, this would start to feel like an old favorite album, like something I had heard a million times. And it's hard to know with a brand new album if it is that or not because it's not set into your memory. It's not set into your life. You don't have any, um, any history with it. So I wanted to give this a chance and I listened to it and listened to it and listened to it. And it wasn't a struggle to do so. Probably listened to it twice a day, every day for a week. Um, did it become that familiar old friend? Let's find out. Dave, what do you got? Well, I had never heard of this band before listening this week. Um, should be interesting. Oh. I went and, uh, you know, I listened to this album. I listened to actually all their stuff. Uh, they did an EP in 2019, and they just came out with a new album in 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I listened to all of it, too, including the new album. Um, some really good stuff on there. But I, I, I love this one. This is the album for me. I, I might love this one. Might be the other. <laughs> uh, Ed, what do you got? Yeah, I'm just going to blow my load right here. I was looking forward to destroying this band because you selected it, and I figured it's going to be some shitty fucking <laughs> L.A. strip generic fucking sound. And then I heard the first track and went, fuck you, Desi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh. God damn it. I might come over and give you sexual favors for introducing me to this band. I Ed. This band is so good. Ed, isn't it so dude? Let's not blow our loads here, but holy no, shit I, on this listen, bass player, I, right? Oh, oh okay. okay. It's gonna be a okay. Uh, oh, okay. I'm in love. <laughs> Pete, have you ever heard this album before preparing for the podcast? I have not in you know, Ed knows this about me, and you guys obviously know this about me now too. But I, mostly with new music, I listen to a lot of like electric music, but really like heavy pop music. And uh, maybe Hozier is about as rock and roll as I get with new music. And uh, I, w I was really looking forward to this, and I'm 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 not gonna prematurely ejaculate. Okay. So, okay. Let's stop. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's fun. I actually got laid during the day the other day during while the sun was up i mean it was my wife so i don't know if it counts but it was still pretty cool oh, okay let's do this thing uh fast five i got a fun one this week i think you guys are going to enjoy this hopefully you're familiar with all the content so this week's fast five is going to be album cover showdown number one sticky finger or too fast for love dave uh, i don't see any difference <laughs> okay. Sticky fingers had you know had the actual zipper uh, thing, so you know that we'll we'll go with that one. And a lot a much bigger vegetable in place. <laughs> Pair of socks. Yeah. And what do you got? Uh, well, since sticky finger came first, sticky finger and feet. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with it. I was with Dave. It's kind of the same thing. So yeah, so we'll go with we'll go with Sticky Finger. And Sticky Finger is the correct answer. Number two, <laughs> Diary of a Madman or Iron Maiden: The Trooper. This is a tough one, Dave. Diary of a Madman. And Ed. Any Iron Maiden cover over any other album? Cover. And can't even compare. And Fee. Yes, I'm with Ed on that one. 
and the correct answer is Iron Maiden the Trooper. <laughs> Fucking amazing piece of artwork. Holy shit, I yep. tattoo it today. Every Iron Maiden album wins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the Trooper but, in particular is like one of my favorites. It's so good. But Ozzy's dressed up like a werewolf. He's dressed up like an old, <laughs> he's dressed up like an old lady. It's okay though. Uh, I do love that album cover too. I'm not dissing that. Uh, number three, Kiss Destroyer or Meatloaf, Bat Out of Hell. Dave. Oh man, that's a tough one. They're both excellent. Uh, I gotta go with Kiss. Destroyer. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Ed, what do you got? I actually like the Bat Out of Hell cover better. And Fee. Is that even a question for me? Like, you, <laughs> have you ever you know seen the Bad Out of Hell album cover? Yeah, yes, I have. Okay. It's Kiss every time, all day, every okay. day. So for this one, there's really no wrong answer, but I am going to tell you what the right answer should be. It's Kiss Destroyer. I mean, come on. They look like superheroes. It's the balls. Yep. Number four, Pyromania or Quiet Riot Metal Health. Dave. Pyromania. Oh boy, Ed. <laughs> I like the metal health cover better. And Fee. Yeah, this is kind of a tough one for me too. I mean, I want to go with Pyromania because I like the music better, but I think the Quiet Riot covers a little bit better, a little bit crazier. The question like is it. the cover fee, not the music. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know, but I'm letting it when they're close. I'm trying to not let the music influence me. That's all. <laughs> okay, so it's uh, it's Quiet Riot for you, Fee. Quiet Riot. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, both of these are so iconic and just mean so much to me as a child. But it has to be Quiet Riot, Metal Health. It has to be. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Okay, and final one. This one's going to be tough, guys. Metallica, the Black Album, or the Beatles, White Album. <laughs> what you got? Wait, wait, you could have made it a three-way with Spinal Tap, Smell the Glove. Oh, I should have. Yo, let's throw that in, too. Go ahead. It's so that black. Yeah, that's, I'm going that's with it. Spinal Tap. Okay, Ed, you got Absolutely Spinal Tap. And Fee. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's it. The spinal correct answer is, is Spinal Tap because it can get no blacker. Okay. <laughs> nice job, Dave. All right, guys. Let's uh, let's start breaking this. Uh, let's start breaking this album down. You know, it was funny because these guys got a Facebook page and stuff. And I was thinking, depending on how this podcast goes, maybe we should share that we uh, broke their album down because they're just small enough to where they might actually give a shit. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's a great idea. Sure. All right. Uh, track number one, California Dreamin'. I will get us started. So three seconds into this song, I realized this band has a monster bass player. And by the end of the song, I realized this whole band has major, major chops. Um, I love the gentle breakdown before this killer guitar solo. Uh, the dynamic, it's just perfect. And as far as the lyrics and vocals, fucking rock solid. I love this song. And what I love about this singer is like, this could have been one of those situations where his style might've started to feel a little bit like, like, you know, in your face after, but having an eight song album, super smart. There's almost no filler on this album. And he was able to change his ranges and his feel and give me different things on different songs. I fucking loved it. And I love this song. Dave, what do you got? 
a real good guitar sound on here. And the so uh, good. I noticed the bass player right away too. Uh, he moves around really nicely all over the place. Um, chorus is okay, and the guitar solo was okay. Uh, I feel like he he turned up the heat a little bit on the guitar playing at the very end. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Ed, what'd you think of the first track? What a great opening. Oh my God. If this is what I was, this, I heard the song and I'm like, if this is what I'm in store for, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Uh, the way the drums accent the guitar riff with that solo bass right in the beginning, it's so good. Ah, uh, this, it's, it's very old school rock. It has this depth with the music flavor with the lyrics in a great melody, a rock, rock solid rhythm section. The bass player is fantastic. His bass lines throughout the song is a perfect blend of sitting in the groove and taking the lead while keeping in the pocket. He is all over the place without stepping on anybody's shit. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, My only disappointment, and that's for basically every every song on the album except for two the lack of backing vocals the lack of harmonies if this band could all sing and there were harmonies through the in the hooks this they would be on top of the world like number one songs all over the place oh my god it's just catchy i agree i agree with everything you said there and the vocal the the singer's strong enough to where you know, it's impressive. He He's holding up to this band. His chops are oh, in line with the band. But yes, I agree. In some of these choruses, in some of these verses, if you just added a little bit more harmony, oh, it would have pushed it over the top, the hooks. Um, but Ed, even when I wasn't like being blown away by a chorus in a song, because I think there was one or maybe two songs that I wouldn't even call them fillers, but they just didn't have the hit chorus. But I was still smiling, listening to the rhythm yeah. section, just doing their thing. Like the oh. drummer would hit some fill, and then the bass player would hit like a fucking chord, <laughs> and I would just be like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's." I have a great. I have a very specific note in yeah. one of the songs yes. that describes that perfectly. Yeah, he did it all over the place. Uh, Feet, what did you think about the first tune? I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, this was a pretty easy listen all week, but. Uh... I like the video for this. Did you guys watch the video? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They just open the doors and go to different parts of California and stuff. And, uh, Ed, if you didn't see the video, check it out. In the end, they're on, like, the sand dunes in Death Valley or something like that. It's pretty cool. They actually did nice. a lot but, of videos. for. I mean, there's, like, three or four of their videos on uh, on YouTube that were all good. But, yeah, regardless, playlist, this super catchy tune. Like, this is – yeah, you were right, right from the start. This is going to get you. And it, and it did. Reeled me right in. Ed, you know what's funny? So there is a song on this that's my favorite song. I won't tip it. But on this in particular song, they added a lot of background vocals and a lot Mine of too. harmonies. And it <laughs> fucking, it, it is oh like a hundred watt oozing, incredible, just. Ah. I know exactly what you're talking yes. about. And it's, yeah. it's funny because it's my mind too. It, oh, I was I, like, this, if yeah. this was everywhere on yes. the album. Yes. Oh, Had they added this this soulful female singer more throughout this album? Oh God. Okay. Um, track number two, The Wire. Uh, I love this song again because it's built on great lyrics and strong vocals. The chorus, 
so catchy. The guitar solo, incredible. And the drums and bass under the guitar solo are equally as impressive. And you know what's funny? I noticed that a lot of times when the guitar solo was going on, it was almost like a bass drum solo was going on at the same time, but without sounding so busy that I couldn't make it all out. And I thought that was so cool. Oh, God. There were some parts in this album where they would break into the guitar solo. And if you just took the guitar solo track out, it would sound like the bass drum solo in a live concert. Like, and on bass, you know? Oh, God, I fucking love this tune. Uh, Dave, what do you got on the wire? Uh, let's see. The uh, I didn't feel like the lyrics were, were terribly complicated on this one, uh, but it's cool riff. Uh, the singer reminds me of Mark Slaughter about 70% and then Sebastian Bach from Skid Row about 30%. Um, it's just the vibe I got off of his voice. Uh, maybe he should sing on the new Vinnie Vincent album. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do that. Yes. Um, he actually is three singers for me. That I mean, it's Zach. Like, it's a, it's a mosh of these three. It's um, Chris Robinson from the Black Crows. It's... Uh, the guy from Buck Cherry and it's uh, the dude from Tesla. So it's those three guys wrapped together for me. And it makes up this one very strong, very cool voice. I mean, this guy's got pipes all day, but it never oh, yeah. feels like he's yelling at me like Mark Wahlberg, you know, <laughs> uh, Ed, what do you got on the wire? Uh, I'm adding one more person to that list. Cause he has just enough Robert plant. Yes. In him. But not enough that you sit there and go, ah, oh, it's totally Zeppelin. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not. And, and there's going to be a Zeppelin reference coming up. Yes. But yeah, he is just enough that you go, it's there, but it's not. So. Yeah. It's one but particular song where he shows off that, <laughs> yeah. that side of himself. Yeah. Uh, the Wire, very cool opening guitar lick with a great vocal melody. I love it. Uh, the song doesn't do the chorus tease, and I love it. Instead, it just plays right into it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. This, it, I'm totally digging it. I love the drums and bass in this song, especially behind that fantastic guitar solo. So These guys are just all great players. They absolutely tear it up without overplaying the texture of the song. They're two for two. I love both these songs. However, I am desperately missing vocal harmonies. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like... It's like you're almost there, but you just can't get there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It feels almost like it was a conscious decision, though, that they did to maybe... Because you got to remember, it's 2021. This is a very new band. These are very young dudes. Like, yeah, for them to be doing this is almost like a unicorn in, in 2021. Like, they just don't do rock and roll like this these days. I, I can't hit them too hard for it. But it felt like a decision because there's no question this guy had the ability to vocalize harmonies over his his vocals. He just yeah. obviously chose not to go that road. And yeah, I think it was a mistake. But I, I blame the producer. Yeah, perhaps. But the <laughs> album is produced so well. Like, wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sound, uh, great sound overall. Yeah. Fee, what do you got? The Wire. Where's, where's Mutt Lang when you need him? No. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Uh I love this song too. I think it was great. And that was one of my notes too, Ed, here. I was like, we're on track two and I don't think I've heard a backing vocal yet. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And I, 
I, that's what I wanted to ask you guys, because you guys obviously listen to a lot more newer rock than I do. Is that kind of a common thing now where, where it kind of focuses, you know, focuses less on, on that vocal piece and more on the, just everybody fucking jamming. I think so. I, but there's a big thing that this band's doing that a lot of new rock bands aren't. And that's playing a guitar solo again. Yes. Like that's what pissed me off. Mm -hmm. Like that is, I totally got into the nineties, like pop rock, one hit wonder shit, even though there were no guitar solos, but I'm like, okay, it's going to be a phase. The problem is it's 30 years later and the phase hasn't ended. Bring back the guitar solo. These guys did it and they nailed it. Well, yeah, and that's because it. the kids growing up over 30 years started learning songs by bands that didn't have guitar solos. So you didn't have to fucking learn them. You're not going yeah, to play like that. True. True. But this guy, man, like you said, his guitar playing, it, it ranged from like Hendrix to Slash to like he had a lot of influence and flavor that oh, I can, really you, like. Yeah, you can hear it. In different songs, because I remember, I'm like, okay, this kind of sounds like Zeppelin. This kind of sounds like Guns N' Roses. And then totally, there's a song where I'm like, that's exactly sounds like Hendrix. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. the tone, the chord structure. Yeah, he's playing the double stop chords the whole nine yards. Yeah, which I love, and I love that he only did it on one song. It's so, and we're gonna get a little Eddie Van Halen rhythm playing on this album. He he borrowed but didn't steal from all my favorites. That's, really good. That's, that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with the background vocals, <laughs> I, I I suspect that maybe, because these guys are really dipping into a genre of like 80s hair metal without sounding at all like hair, 80s hair metal. And I, I feel like they were afraid if they did too much of the gang vocals and harmonizing, it might have like dated them to that time. And I think these guys really just wanted to sound like a fresh cut of an old take, which they did for me. Yeah, they did, for sure. But I think, I wouldn't even say here, I think they're more a heavier, more rock version of the Black Crows. Yes, agreed. Agreed. I mean, clearly, you know these guys love the Black Crows and look up to them. It's obvious, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so number three, Tied Up. This is where the band's songwriting really impressed me i don't think i've heard a chorus like this i mean i just don't the the melody the quickness of this of the ta-da, it's oh it's so good every time i hear it i'm just like fuck yeah that is so different i oh the opening guitar riff killer um this guy has a great guitar sound like really good uh bass and drums spectacular on this song and the chorus is vocally lyrically and timed incredible the timing on this fucking chorus is the hook that's what makes it so great because it's not drawn out it's not melodic it's not full of words it's just like a slap in the face oh it's so good um and here we get a hint of soulful female backing vocals ah only two times on the album give me more i love this fucking song dave well, the riff sounds a lot like Slash or Guns N' Roses. Uh, come to think of it, all this guy's solos sound like Slash. Yes. Um, I feel like he could expand his sound and his licks a little more uh, beyond that. Uh, he sounds great. I mean, the, the, the taste and the feel 
is very good, but I'm just getting too much of a copycat vibe uh, from from what he's playing. Uh, the drums are a little more interesting here in this one. Um, you know, it's doing some like kind of cool accents. Uh, the vocal breakdown at the end, I thought mm, we could have tamed that down a little bit with the girl singers and the vocal acrobatics. Um, I, I would have liked to hear that a little bit straighter and maybe a little bit shorter, but are you um, talking about the acapella ending? Yeah, yeah. May, I loved it. May, I loved it. Yeah, I mean, other people might have a different opinion. I <laughs> thought it was a little too much. I loved it with his blues run at the very end just to show fucking, ah, oh, yes, yeah, no, please. Nope. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and you know, what I did, the reason the whole slash thing didn't fucking burn my ass was because nobody else has been able to pull it off tastefully over the years. So many people have tried, and yeah. Again, it's 2021. He doesn't have the luxury of not being like the 10,000th guy to try to do a fresh album. It's 2021. You got to borrow from somewhere. Ed, what do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Des. Uh, this is just another great groove. And this drummer and bass player are driving the song exactly how a rhythm section is supposed to do it. And, and it drives me up a wall when you don't have a drummer bass player driving the band because that's your job. Here's a song. Let the guitar player throw his stuff in. Let the singer do their thing. But the bass and drums drive the music and they do it perfectly in the song. Uh, the guitar player tears it up. And finally, vocal harmonies. And they complete the song exactly how I wanted them to. Yeah. It, Fills it perfectly where I'm like, ah, there it is. I'm pulled in. I'm pulled in. Fucking loved it. Oh, this song is like leaving mushroom marks on everyone's head. Yeah, so good. And you know what's nice, too, about having an album that's so quick, an eight-song listen? We've said this so many times before, like, oh, if you had just left two songs off the album, it would have been so much better. They did. They did. They said I was thinking the exact same thing as, as we're going through. I'm like, oh, it's only eight songs. And I'm like, fuck. Perfect. Yeah. And and I, with that also, with only eight songs, we're talking about this backing vocal problem, but when it's only eight songs, I mean, it's two out of eight that have them. I mean, it's like, so it's not so lopsided that they had added two more filler songs without it, you yeah. know? And it's funny because I, I was downstairs before the show and I'm talking to my son and I'm like, oh, have you heard of this band? He's like, no. I'm like, you got to check them out. And he pulls them up on his Spotify and he goes wow, their album's only 45 minutes long. I go, yeah. He goes, yeah. I'm not used to that. Everything I listen to is like two hours long. I'm like, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah, this it's is just it. great music in your face. And then it's over. This is 40 minutes longer than the sex I had the other day during the day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you got on this one? So what's it called when two guys stand across from each other and jerk each other off? Uh, I don't know. Because that's what you two are doing right now. <laughs> Honestly, I, 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 uh, I did everything I could to not text everyone before the show. Like yeah. just telling Dez that I'm going to be over to flake him later. Ed, I can't believe he selected this album. Ed, shall we dock over this album? Right. Oh, there shall be docking. Yes. The next time we go golfing, first thing we're doing is showing everyone how we dock. That's horrible. Please oh, go ahead. <laughs> No, I, really, I I like this song too. Definitely not as much as YouTube, but uh, but I did like the I I felt the 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 music in the verse was fantastic, absolutely perfect. Like it just it had me grooving, and then 
I don't know what happened in the chorus. I like the vocal part in the chorus, but not the music part in the chorus. I don't know what happened in that for me. And I don't, I don't know what the difference was. Maybe it was some of that shit you guys were talking about, but uh, either way, it's a good song. It's, it's okay for me. Not, yeah. not their greatest, but, but it was, it was good. Um, But what did you think of the chorus? You didn't, it didn't hit you either way. It hit me that tied up. I love the vocal part of it. Yeah. I didn't like the the back music of I it. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I didn't like the rhythm. All right. Track four, Take My Hand. So this one, this is one of these ones that I was talking about where I was smiling ear to ear, but not necessarily like, not necessarily loving the song as like a hit song or like, oh, big chorus. This is a great story. Great. No. This one kicks in with a really cool dark groove. The groove is so good here. And the music track, it's the star of the show. It's that's what this that's the charm of this song is how fucking good these guys are playing. The verses are great. Um, it's a really choppy main riff that he's singing over, but you get these like these loose guitar tracks like bring and these bass chords, and there's a lot of stuff going on in the background over a very stiff riff. It's really cool. I love the song for the music track. And of course, this, you know, the singing was fine. It didn't distract me. I just wasn't like, oh, this is a hit single. But for a filler song, the music filled up enough space in my head and made me smile enough times to say, I really like this song. Uh, Dave, what do you got? Well, we're really hearing the uh, Led Zeppelin and Hendrix influences coming into yeah. play here. Uh, it's a lot like the Immigrant song. You know, uh, the guitar is playing tasty solos. Uh, but before I did any research and I was just listening to the album for the first spin through, I, I wondered if they had actually hired Slash to play lead guitar on the album. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were a tribute band before. I didn't oh. see that on Wikipedia, but the song's fine. You know, it's cool. Dave, I definitely got the Slash flavor, but I didn't hear it quite like you did. I thought that he definitely was, was I thought he was borrowing from a, a few different guitar players. I mean, yeah, I heard the Slash influence probably the strongest, but I could feel his own style. I could feel his own style in his playing. Um, Yeah, it was almost like his inflection, Dave, the way he would go into runs and the way he would play them, like his uh, phrasing of his soloing mm -hmm. is what really reminded me of Slash. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, the phrasing and the uh, notes and yeah, and, the, and <laughs> everything the sound. And the... <laughs> I don't know. Right, I just got that right. real strong, overpowering for me. That's awesome. Uh, Ed, what you got on that one? Funny, I had the same Led Zeppelin feel. Uh, I know there are only twelve notes you can play, and there are only so many combinations of the notes. But literally, the first five notes is the ocean by Led Zeppelin. You know, and I'm like, what the fuck? It's could you not just change? Like, how did you not hear it? Because it's oh no, I they heard, heard it right it. away, they and then it. I couldn't unhear it, and it just wrecked the song for but me. But our version goes ding, 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 ding. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, exactly. And that's all I could think of. I'm like, come on, because I like everything except for the small little sections that are exact copies of something else. Yeah. Um. The verse changes nicely, but I couldn't get the Led Zeppelin sound out of my head for this song. At least he, he sounds enough like Robert Plant, but just different enough in the song that I'm like, okay, 
it's not a blatant ripoff. And once they start singing over that part, it wasn't as strong sounding Led Zeppelin riff, even though it's the exact notes. Uh, I liked it, but it was just eh, because so, of it. I couldn't think of it. I couldn't Here's the thing with the band from 2021. You got to remember that their fans, a lot of these kids that were born in the 90s or 2000s, in the 2000s, you put on that immigrant song, they've never heard it. They've literally never heard it. This is like this is like when we in the 80s, when your grandpa was like, Oh, you never listened to fucking buddy hackett play, you know, and you're like, no, no one gives a fuck. You know, it's like so this isn't Greta Van Fleet. This isn't like what you're ripping. Oh, definitely it. not. It's definitely fucking... not. No, no. Yeah. So I mean, they're getting away with it. They're saying, let's just no one knows Dick is gonna buy our album. Let's just do it. <sighs> It's, and they built just, enough. They built enough original originality around the ripoff riff for it to they work. They did, for but me. I, but like I hear that, and I'm like, how yes. is Led Zeppelin not suing them? I get it. I get it. A hundred percent. How is Led Zeppelin not getting royalties for the Greta Van Fleet albums? Am I saying that? I right? actually think they might be. Is that, <laughs> is that the name of the band, Greta Van Fleet? Greta Van, yep. Van Fleet. Yes. It's just that sucks, man. Like I could redo Appetite and be like, I'm Guns and Posers or whatever. <laughs> The difference is Greta Van Fleet doesn't even do guitar solos. They just oh, it, it's like so boring. It just ugh. it's like the songs they, start and end flatline the entire yeah, the, way. The writing session for them, like before they they put going to write for an album, they're like, all right, let's just sit around, drink some Kool Aid, and listen to like Led Zeppelin one. Oh, I think we got our album. <laughs> Pete, what do you got? <laughs> so, hear me out on this, and don't. Go ahead. You know, the song's fine. I'm with Dave on this. It's just, it's fine. It's, you can listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to punch my radio when listening to this fucking song, but it's good. Um, what I worry about with bands like this is, remember the band Badlands? Sure. Oh my God, I bring up a Badlands reference later <laughs> in my closing notes. They're awesome. Barely. Okay. So Badlands was great, right? And obviously heavily influenced by bands like Zeppelin and stuff like that. Obviously, and then yeah. the, Ray Gillen's voices, Robert Plant's voice. Right. And then they were just kind of gone, you know? And Well, was it... there's a reason. Yep. Oh, okay. Maybe I, I just don't know, you know about it, but I was kind of just thinking about Badlands a lot when I was listening to these guys that kind of kind of hit, you know, with, with some of that old feel. I was like, yeah, this kind of reminds me of something like, Maybe they would do like obviously heavy, heavily influenced, maybe a bit rip off in, in some places. And um, yeah, but either way, listenable. Like I, I like the song. I don't dislike it. I just, I don't love it either. You know? So Ed, what happened with Badlands? Was it a tragic docking accident or? Uh, way worse, way <laughs> okay. worse. So, so it's funny you mentioned Badlands Pete, because I literally sent this to Craig, uh, my friend Craig saying, yep. Cause we were talking about Badlands. I forget, we were going to a concert going, Jesus, I could kind of, in the mood, I haven't heard like that band, and that was so great, that album. So what yeah. happened is, uh, supposedly Ray Gillen uh, contracted AIDS. Oh, Well, he did. He didn't supposedly. He contracted <laughs> AIDS. But yeah. what supposedly, he knew he had AIDS and was kind of went on a bender and just spread oh. the wealth oh. to a whole bunch of women and uh, that led to a whole bunch of lawsuits, which is why you cannot find any Badlands music anywhere. Oh, what a fun! You might be able to find an occasional YouTube video, but like 
no major publication will have it because there's so many outstanding lawsuits uh, since his death because it's rumored that he purposely went out because he was so pissed off that he had AIDS yeah, and was douche. gave it to a bunch of other people. <clears throat> what a yeah. sweetheart. And the record company yeah. buried their third record and then they were gone. Right. Yeah, well, poor Jakey Lee. Yep. It's like he, he had this great band coming out of Ozzy. And I'm like, I, I saw Badlands and uh, do a co-headline with Great White when the first Badlands album came out. And I was like, oh, my God, they're so fucking good. Yes, very Led Zeppelin-like, but so good. And just, oh, disappointed. Yeah. Never a big fan. I mean, I they were all right. Just wasn't my wasn't my cup of AIDS. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so this ends side A. A nice brief jaunt through the album. Um, anybody have anything they'd like to talk about, Dave? Um, no. How exciting, Fee? <laughs> I no. I, and no, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for your nonsense. Yeah. Okay. I got a fun little story. Uh, yeah. Gonna... The, the, the look on your face clearly states that you have something you want to develop. No, Ready to go. No, this is no, 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 no. This is just a fun little story. Um, because we've got our break. Our uh, bonus track is coming out of San Francisco, so it kind of reminded me of a, a quick story from when I moved out there. So I was 18. I had a apartment down on Sixth and Mission. And obviously I was looking for musicians to play with. And I was coming out of a small town, you know, suburbs of Boston and hadn't seen a lot of things that I was going to see in my travels coming up. So in my apartment building, I'm coming home one day. It's probably, you know, like 11 in the afternoon. I see some new guy in the building with a, bringing up a mountain bike and he looks cool as fuck, dude. This guy looked like Sebastian Bach, like just cool. So I'm like, hey, what's your name? He's like, T. I'm like, oh, I'm Dez. I'm like, you play an instrument? He's like, yeah, I'm a guitar player. I'm like, dude, we got to jam. I'm like, let's do this thing. He's like, definitely. He goes, I got to work, but I'll come up to your apartment tonight and we'll play. So I'm like, great. So later on that night, I'm sitting up there and I hear a knock on the door. So I go and I open the door and there's this hot chick standing in the door. And I will never forget this outfit because it was unbelievable. It's a brown suede miniskirt with tassels a brown suede top with tassels no tights black high heel shoes holding a guitar in one hand and a little practice hand in the other hand and he goes hey i'm tamra i went tamra he goes yeah tamra so all right come on in so this guy came in and fucking dude he had a guitar strap on. He played standing up. He was rocking. He was shaking his ass. He was banging his head. It was something. It was a fucking great guitar player. Great guy. Partied with this dude a lot. He was a bartender. Had a little bar set up in his apartment. Had great parties. But yeah, as an 18-year-old dude, man, when I opened the door and Tamara was there to jam, it was, uh, it was a cultural experience, let's just say. Hope you guys enjoyed the story. Okay. Side B starts off with Gypsy. Oh, boy, boys. Did I not love this tune? Everything about it is everything I love in rock and roll. And the bass player was running wild in this song. Running wild. So fucking good. The vocals, the lyrics, everything I love in rock and roll. Um, 
as a great bridge that sets up this really cool chorus that's been stuck in my head all week. Um, again, we get a cool breakdown, incredible drums and bass leading us into this super slinky guitar solo that I absolutely loved. Very slash Dave, but I loved it. What do you got on this song? Well, the song sounds pretty good. Um, I, you know, I, I sort of got this, this vibe over the whole album, this inkling, uh, the riffs sound really similar in, in many of the songs. Uh, and, and I felt like, is, is everything in almost the same key? I pulled out my guitar and like this entire album is like three or four chords in, you know, E flat or a flat. The, the Zeppelin ripoff song is, you know, in F sharp, like, uh, you know, E flat tuning. Uh, sorry. I just went into a uh, musician nerd mode, Do it. but that's great. <laughs> um, it, I love it, it. It's they're basically mixing and matching the same three or four chords in a couple of different keys for the whole album, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I, I would really like them to expand a little bit. Um, the, this song, uh, the chorus is good. I like that chord change that sort of grabs your attention. Uh, goes to that, uh, I don't know. I think it's a minor chord. Uh, bass player is all over the place in a good way. He might be the best part of this band. And these guys should be happy as fuck that they found this guy because he is good. Um, he is classic breakdown before the guitar solo. It's cool. Uh, I like this song. It's one of one of the, my more favorite songs on this album. Cool. Yeah. I actually had a buddy text me and he's like, that guy Dave knows a lot about music. Huh? I'm like, yes, why he's on the show. <laughs> Ed, what do you got on this one? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of agree with Dave with a lot of that, what he said. Um, this band is a total riffy band. Everything is riff based. Um, however, I'm still loving it. And Justin Smolian is absolutely tearing it up on the song in the best way. He is a monster player. And Dave, you couldn't have said it better. They need to be thanking this guy for being in the band. Oh, yeah. Because he is like every everything he plays makes the song better. Without him moving the way he moves his lines. They'd be just another eh, band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be boring. Yeah, totally. Uh, but this song needs vocal harmonies. The, I think this hook is great. If there were backing vocals, it would be a number one song, and this band would be dominating radio. Uh, I seriously can't get enough of this song. That chorus is smooth and catchy. Yeah, Ed. Oh, man, you nailed it. If they put that female soulful vocal on this gypsy chorus, oh, because it's it's so catchy, I can't get it out of my head, but it could have been better, 100%. And let me ask you guys, do you think that this, because I was also very impressed by this drummer. I thought he was really good. And I think that if he couldn't keep up with the bass player, it would have sounded lopsided and these bass lines wouldn't have fit the songs. It had to be propped up by these drums. He was keeping up with this bass player. And it oh, absolutely. They, they work together really well, in my opinion. I, and you totally hear his playing. It's it's not showboaty. It's it's big. It's filling. Lots of ghost notes. In yeah. in yeah, the drummer 
Yeah. I mean, I know we're not really mentioning much, but I think the bass player is just so good that it, instead of the drums usually overpowering the bass, the bass is overpowering the drums in a good way. Yeah. There were a few times when the drummer would complete a fill and I would literally smile because I'd be like, oh, that was good. (laughs) You know, Uh, Feet, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I love this song. I think it was good. I I actually had a bunch of notes on this one. Uh, my first one being Des will love this one. Um, of course. <laughs> but I didn't like and and the other one goes back to kind of last week. I was like, I don't think there's any ride in the E on the bass in this in this band at all. <laughs> like this is uh this is pretty fucking solid here. And definitely not. I changed up headphones to listen this this week with some over ear stuff that I have. And I didn't know if that was the change or not. So I'm going to have to go back and listen to some of the other albums and see if it's as rich as this was, because this is fucking good. But um, in my other note was exactly what you said, Ed, they missed a huge opportunity for some vocal harmonies or gang vocals or something in there to just spice this up a little bit. Either way, super catchy. I was like reeled in on the fucking gypsy. Oh man. So good. I love it. If yeah, I, I was this producing this, I would have had a return backing vocal. So he would have said gypsy, and then I would have had the big background vocal with the female singing, you know, return gypsy at him, you know. I mean, yeah, it would have yeah. been a little 80s, though, but I would have liked it a lot. I'm so pleased. <laughs> is it because we're at 50, or is it because they're 20? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what, what is it? I yeah. wouldn't have done it 80s. Like, I just would have added harmony to his existing lines. I think his existing lines are great. I think they just needed a different note added to add some contrast to his sound. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I would black... want to make them a little more 80s by having, like, the call-out and call-back mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Feet, do the um, Black Crows use a lot of harmonies, in your opinion, or is, is this kind of the formula? This is kind of it. Yes. Yeah, not not too not too much. And I know, and I was sitting that, too, and I was like, at one point, I'm knocking them for it, and at the other point, I'm giving them a lot of credit for it. So I, yeah. I don't know. It, it, was just, I... it was tough for me. I felt like Chris Robinson was such an influence on this singer that maybe mm-hmm. that was the reason he chose to kind of not steal his formula, but steal his formula. Because I noticed that this was very Black Crows when it came to the harmonies and the lack of background vocals. Well, it, it in one of the interviews with him um, after they toured with uh, – with the black crows, he said that Chris Robinson was such a huge influence and was kind of coaching him throughout the tour. So, okay. I, I, you know, I, I don't know the timing of this album release and like that, but, uh, he definitely mentions Chris Robinson specifically as being kind of like a mentor to him, especially on that tour. Yeah. There's a video with him and Chris Robinson. I don't know which one it was, but Chris Robinson makes an appearance in it. Uh, Track number six, No Warning. Um, so I love this style of song. This is just a style that, that resonates with me. Uh, great lyrics, great vocals. We get another very strong chorus. It could have been stronger with more backing vocals, absolutely. Um, and was this a guitar solo or a bass solo? Because as I'm listening to it, I'm like, this bass player is actually commanding my attention over this guitar player right now. Like I don't think I've ever listened to a ripping guitar solo and been like, I think the bass player is better. Like, it was unreal. Um, this one had me smiling. This is one of those ones I'm driving to work and I'm laughing out loud as I'm listening to this section of music where he's playing the guitar solo going, fuck this guy is good on bass. Dave, what do you got? 
Yeah, the song's pretty good. The um, got the uh, melody sounded a lot like uh, Chris Robinson. Uh, oh, yeah. Is there a Jane's Addiction song that that has this guitar riff? Almost, I, I feel like maybe there was. That sounds almost the same. Um, if there is, it's got a lot more effect on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the song was okay. I, I thought this was one of the less strong ones on the album. Um, it, I wrote down, it kind of sounds like if Unskinny Bop was recorded by the Black Crows. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but oh, but God. I, I, I don't know. I feel like no. they they need more of their own sound, uh, less of their influences. Yeah. Well, first album, I'd like to listen to the next album all the way through and see if they kind of start to stumble upon a little more of their uh, their own feel. Um, Ed, was this Unskinny Bop for you? Because I did not get any Unskinny Bop. No, not even close. Not okay. even close. And and I kind of like that they're, they sound enough like their influences, but I think they got a little bit of a, their own thing as far as compared to the rest of today. Couldn't agree more. Because today you don't have this, and I and I like that it's coming back. I almost it, weirdly like some of the clubs and venues that have been opening that have been playing around at. I'm like, oh my god, is the music scene coming back? Because I'm totally digging where everything's going right now. Uh, but as far as no warning here, <clears throat> it's a very cool song, and Justin Smolian delivers another huge baseline i am such a fan at this point i'm learning every song yeah. i love how he thinks and how he writes it just it works in the song makes the song better is up front but in the background at the same time it i it's 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 like he's houdini i mean i don't get it it's it's amazing totally oh i can't if this guy is not like one of the most in-demand bass players in his future studio, if nothing else. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, God, it's unbelievable. Um, the song itself is very cool. I'm kind of blown away by the album at this point because I was not expecting this to be this good, especially since you requested it, Des. And I was just totally expecting kind of a band like our bonus track where I was yeah. just going to be like, this can't suck more. Oh, so, oh, no. <laughs> um, Dude, so Ed, you and Dave both play bass. I play bass. I play bass on all my songs in the studio, but I don't consider myself a bass player. I mean, I can get I can get it done. So what is this fucking, this chord he's playing? He plays it like maybe three times on the whole album. It's this warm, it feels like a bar chord. I mean, like a, uh, like a, I don't know. What is it? You know what I'm talking about, right? Just bring, I don't know. It's it stands out on the album. He plays it like three times, and I'm blown away by it. It's okay. I don't know where you're talking yeah. about, but yeah, okay. I don't know either. Okay, B, what do you got? And it's probably just a simple bass chord. Yeah. Then he just plays a fat bass chord. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think I've heard it before, but it stood out like a sore thumb to me. I kept hearing it going, I want to learn that and put it in my own music because it's really good. Yeah, because you can play chords on bass. Yes, and he (laughs) is playing chords on bass. Uh, Fee, go ahead. Ed, I'm with you, man, 100% on this. I was dying to call or text you all week and be like, how are we going to shit on this dude? And and I couldn't. I never found an opportunity. (laughs) And, Uh. uh, And, uh... 
yeah and and but this is the first album since i've been on the show where almost every song has a note on the bass in it and i just don't say anything about it because you guys all fucking hit on it before it's like it's no use in just piling on at this point but um my only other note was there was something i was like oh i wish so-and-so played this guitar part i'd really like to hear what he would have done with it and i'll save that because that's kind of where i'm going you know oh, cool but uh either way good tune good tune i liked it yeah, I, again, I had no idea what to expect by this album either. And usually when I find a deep dive song on YouTube, I'll go back and listen to the rest of the album, and it sucks. But I yeah. didn't want to spoil it. So I didn't listen to anything else before I started my week of work, driving, listening on the way to work. And that's, I think, one of the reasons I was so impressed with this album. <laughs> as it unfolded, I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, holy right, shit. Right, right, uh, Track seven, The Morning. So... This intro definitely had the 5150 feel. I mean, it was, um, come on, baby, finish what you started, right? Is that what it was? No? A crickets again? I didn't hear okay. that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, I didn't get any of that vibe. I got, yeah, no, I got no, this tour. is, come on. This is, this is, come on, baby, finish what you started. I mean, this is the biggest ripoff on the whole album, this guitar riff. But they no. did it in a dirty honey way, which I like. I disagree. <laughs> With the plucking... Yeah, like the finger pick guitar, it's, it's a similar feel, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, oh, I, I didn't pick up, pick up on that. That was the yeah, first thing I wrote. Fifty-one fifty. So, so everything that's finger picked is going to sound like. No, it was the note selection. It was the note selection with the finger picking, <laughs> and it sounded like he almost altered his sound to sound like fifty-one fifty here. It, it's the first thing to pop into my mind. Okay. Um, but I thought they did it their own way, like with everything on the album. I thought they did it to Dirty Honey way. Um, love the verse over the super catchy Van Halen riff. And uh, the chorus was cool. Again, I love the tune. It's great. Fucking Dave, what do you got? Uh, I like the riff. Uh, everything was nicely played. Uh, obviously, all the players are talented. And and I do like the singer's uh, range that he selects, that kind of screamy. Um, it's it's a great sound. Uh, and they do yeah. the you know cool breakdown here in this song again. I liked it. Cool. Uh, Ed, what do you got? So it's funny. I, I, I only have two notes in this song because I would just... This album is so good. I've yelled the word fuck so many times listening to this album. My wife kept coming upstairs thinking something was wrong. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck! Fuck! Oh my God! Fuck! Oh, shit. Everything I kept... I'm just... I'm truly impressed and blown away. Blown away at how good this band is. I just... They... They made me feel hope for the future of music. That's funny. And so do you guys remember me telling you the story about sneaking my hand in the shower to try and get the water to cold on my wife? <laughs> yeah. So this is funny. This happened just like two days ago. So I hear her in the shower. So I sneak downstairs. I sneak into the bathroom really quietly. And I put my hand in and I turn it down the cold and she doesn't say anything. I'm like, I fucking got her. I turned around. She was standing right behind me. She goes, what are you doing? And I literally hit the floor. I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. She scared me so bad. I fucking fell down. Oh, no. <laughs> fucking, she got me. She, she was in so heaven. Good. Yeah, How did mad. you not hear the curtain open? No, no. She hadn't gotten the shower yet. She was putting it on oh. hot to warm the shower room. She was in the bedroom. And she saw me. She saw me sneak into the shower and she oh, stuck in awesome. right behind me like a fucking vampire. So it was fucking good. great. <laughs> Pete, what do you got? 
I I like this one, and you guys are probably gonna laugh at me. I kind of got a Tora Tora walking shoes feel at parts of this. Nice. Song. Yep, yep. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I I like it. I like that song. I like this song. Uh, I I I did feel this was really the only second time I wrote it on the album was that I I, I felt here was another opportunity for that that gang vocal or the or the harmonies or whatever that in the chorus here that they could have they could have done kind of like what we were talking about with Gypsy I could have I felt they could have done the same you know something like that here too but uh, good song I like it I enjoyed it yeah I mean in my final notes that's gonna be the one the one missing thing that keeps this album from being like over the top was mm-hmm. the vocals, but I couldn't say it like that. Cause it's not like this guy is a shitty vocalist. He's fucking amazing. So oh, it's not killer. like it yeah. was like, Oh, it ruined the album. It just yeah. could have been better. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Definitely. Um, all right, here we go. Final track. And I wrote a book on this one. Cause this one was fucking, this one is the shit dude. This is like a song that I feel like I've been listening to since like, uh, she talks to angels. Like it felt that familiar. It felt like a top of the line, super produced, amazing hit single. Um, so another last time, this song is absolutely perfect in every way for me. It's one of those songs from the Hendrix opening riff, full of double stop riffs to the incredible lyrics, the story, the vocals, the video is a great, the arrangement is perfect. The chorus is amazing. The bass and drums are just fucking perfect. And these lyrics, dude, she used me up like a hotel room, drank it dry, checked out of there at noon. I'm like, fuck yeah. That's the shit right there. This is a good song. It's a good fucking song. Dave, what do you got? <laughs> yep. I'm in the same boat on this one. Uh, Hendrix, the intro definitely works. Uh, it's very nice. He, he, does some like a little finger pick thing with the um one of the the chords you know like a little um song kicks in i like the uh, subtle electric piano along with the guitar the song is great um the lyrics seem a little more thought out in this one to me than some of the other songs and and like what you quoted i mean that's fucking dynamite um i feel like this should have been the the song they pushed this should have been the single uh it was uh apparently the fifth single released off the album but this should have been the big one yeah. I, I, I mean would c- put everything behind guys this. this shows what these songs could have been had they just pushed it one more one more fuck in the studio and said we need more background vocals yeah. this proves what this band could have had you know so uh ed what do you got on this one yeah, I agree. Uh, my comment is just, wow. Did they purposely save one of the best songs on the album for last? Because it's that good of a song. Very cool. Blues, rock, soft, but n- not. It's it's such a weird sound, and I love it. it, it it's just it's so full. And backing vocals with harmony. What a difference that Ooh. makes in the chorus. Oh, it's yeah. big, it's fat, it's just pure gold. The song's fantastic. The change at the solo, oh. I don't even know how to describe it. I just literally wrote down my description is fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. It's it's just, oh, it's so, so good, this song. Ridiculous how good it is. But like you, I didn't realize they released four songs before this. You're right. It, it should have been the number one song released. 
in they should have pushed everything behind mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally agree with you guys they should have released it twice <laughs> um you know when it the, the opening notes because i've heard bands try and do this before specifically pearl jam where they're trying to be hendrix and they try too hard this band never tries too hard and like four seconds into the song i'm like okay i love it as long as he stops right now like right now stop and he did and he never went back to it and i was like brilliant fucking brilliant that's just enough hendrix fee what do you got interesting i you know i kind of like to hear what you guys have to say you know about songs like this because i was like oh here's the ripoff medley you know and and that's what i felt about this track the whole fucking time was that like this is temple of the dog ripping off the black crows and Jimi hendrix i (laughs) I don't know that is a good tip yeah and but it works. I like the song. I don't dislike it. But I, I was like, really push this one. I would have pushed Gypsy. Like if, if I was going to push anything, I would have pushed that one on this on this album. But uh, I I was glad I listened to this because afterwards I listened to Temple of the Dog and Jimi Hendrix, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in a good place right now. So yeah. Fee, I love what you just said. You said a couple of things that really rang true. So yes, it sounds like those bands, hundred percent. But I don't get a rip off out of it. I just feel a heavy influence from those bands in this. If I was going to say there's ripped off anything, it would be the Black Crows, She Talks to Angels. I mean, that's the flavor I'm getting from it. Like, it's not ripped off note for note or melody for melody, but that is the feeling it's giving me when I'm listening to it. Yeah, it's a total vibe. Total vibe. Uh, Yeah, total. Mm -hmm. And I was actually surprised. I thought this was either going to be your favorite song, um, you loved it, or it was the one you hated the most because you felt like they were necking too hard on the Black Crows here. Um, and I agree with you 100%. Yep. Gypsy could have been this good had they produced it up more in this style, maybe taken a little of the edge off, put a little bit more of the butter in, uh, and just there were a couple of moves they could have made to make Gypsy the hit. But I thought mm-hmm. this was almost as good as it gets. All right, guys, so we have done it. We have broken down Dirty Honey, uh, an album I'm really glad we did. Um, Hopefully we can get the band to listen to this podcast. I think it would be pretty awesome. All right, so now it is time to release the bonus track. And this week's bonus track was requested by Monroe of San Francisco area. He writes, guys, I'd love to hear you review Who's Watching You by San Francisco Bad Boys, Vane. Uh, are you guys familiar with Monroe? Monroe Crickets. from that TV show? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Correct. I love it. Nice, nice Ted there. <laughs> Monroe. <laughs> okay. God. okay. I'll get it. Now I get it. Yeah, now I know. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> nice, nicely done, Dave. Um, who's watching you? So after listening to the Dirty Honey album, it was hard not to notice how horribly dated this track felt to me. Um, <laughs> but this is great late 80s hair metal. These guys were the big dogs in the Bay Area when I was living in San Francisco. They would come in to Daljeet's, the rock and roll clothing store that I worked on. I worked in on Hate Street. And they'd come in with their leather jackets, with the vein all fucking airbrushed on the back. And 
they were just the cool dudes, man. They come there and be like, oh, there they are, the fucking band. Um, the song is full of really great guitar leads. Like this guitar player, the blonde guy, it was um Danny West and I can't remember this guy's name, but he's the better of the two guitar players. And he's really good. Guy's really, really good. Um, you know, big vocals, catchy, produced well, maybe a little too much effect on the vocals and everything. Um, but it's everything you want in a hair metal song. It's fine. And I love this album. It holds a, it holds a place in my heart. So this is going to be a little high, but it's pushing 85.01 Watts for me. It's vain. It's no respect. Great album. Fuck. Yeah. Ed, why did you hate this? Song? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dave, why did you love this? We song? have to continue the love fest before we get to the hate fest. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so I love Vane. This is one of yes. the most underrated hair metal bands. Um, the song is from 89 on their no respect album. It was actually the first song I'd heard by them. Uh, it was late to the game getting into these guys. I, I had not heard them back in the eighties, uh, but I found the single, of this song in a used CD shop. The cover has binoculars with, with mirror foil where the lenses are. And it, you know, it caught my eye. I looked at the picture on the back and I, from the picture on the back, I like, this is either going to be awesome or comically bad. So, so we'll take a chance and check it out. Uh, it was great. I went and got all of the stuff that I could find after that. I uh, love the song. Everything sounds good. Yeah, it's a little dated, but who cares? Um, the bass yeah. could have been a little bottom end meteor, but you know that's the the '80s production for you. Great guitar solo, I loved it a lot. Plenty of '80s flash without copying somebody else's style, uh, and I love the awesome breakdown after the solo. My score is ninety-two. Nice, Dave. I've been listening to this one since its inception yeah. because, like I said. These were the big dogs in San Francisco at the time. So everyone was listening to Vane. The, like when this album came out, me included. Love the album. Mm -hmm. Dated, but love it. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm curious to see if Fee got any rat vibes off it musically, but we'll get there. Ed, what'd you think? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I love it. I just don't understand how you guys can give me so much shit for some of the 80s hair music that I like. And then you go and suck these guys off like they're the second coming of Christ. Oh, My God. This song started and finished. And I went, that's a song? And don't get me. There is a vain song that I like because I remember, like, as soon as you. You know, as soon as I saw a band, I'm like, oh, I remember that band. So there is one song. I can't remember what it was. Beat the but Bullet. But I do know that. Huh? Beat the Bullet. Maybe. I don't know. I'd have to hear it. Because I, I remember going, oh, yeah, they had that song that I liked. But this is not it. Oh, my God. I watched the video. I listened to the song. And I'm like, this is utter garbage. <laughs> it sounds like every other shitty LA California band at the climax of hair music where it was just the same sound, the same look, the same everything. I wanted to fucking murder someone after hearing that specifically you. The only good thing is this other album that you suggested is so good. 
I'm still going to come over later and flate you. Nice. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> While the sun is up, it'll be the second time in two weeks. There you go. Um, uh, yeah, I gave this. I gave this song a thirty-eight point four. Thirty-eight point four. I, I think that might be a little low. No, um, it, it was that bad. Like it's feet. not even average. Feet. Uh, did you get any rat vibes uh, specifically from the guitar solo section? Yeah, yeah, um, and 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 not not that rat specifically was one of my notes. Uh, my main note on this was I was surprised how clean it was because typically when I think of you bringing up these more obscure '80s bands, I think of like Dogs D'Amour and how much just shit that sounded like cover to cover for me. So I was kind of expecting that with this, but I've uh, <laughs> I know I know Dave I know I know, but um, but uh. I, I was surprised how clean this was like this. These guys could can play, you know, like they they in the so, the solos were ripping. I, I thought this was that part was pretty good. Um, so I rated it probably a lot higher than I than I should have because I, I felt the the chorus and stuff like that was a little weak. But uh, I don't know. I, I gave it a 62. Um, nice. I didn't I didn't hate it. I actually listened to it twice just to make sure. I was like, I usually hate this. Why don't I hate this? I'll listen to it two times. And I was like, no, confirmed. It is what it is for me. 62. Nice. So this isn't my favorite uh, Vane song. Not even close. I chose it. Well, Monroe chose it because I really just yeah. love the guitar, the guitar solo. I was like, oh, this is the guitar solo, the guitar solo. But I thought the vocals and the chorus on this one were a little weak for Vane. I mean, yeah. he's got Davey Vane can sing. He's got pipes. And uh, they've got some really good songs. Well, t tell me, uh, these guys influenced by like Hanoi Rocks at all? Uh, I don't think so. No? I mean, I'm sure I they listen to it, but I don't hear any Hanoi uh, musical influences hmm. on this album. Okay, but but I'm sure they I'm sure they were. I mean, Dave, can you speak on that? I, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I mean, they might have heard them, but I don't really get uh, very much yeah. connection between the two bands. All right, Dave, will you please calculate those scores and tell us how many watts this song is pushing? Ed? I'll calculate the scores for you, Dave. Sure. <laughs> Guys, I, I don't know what's going on with me. I seriously don't know what's going on with me. I can't hold it together for the last 15 minutes of uh -oh. the show. <laughs> fucking, I have fucked this up every week now for like six weeks. Yeah. Ed, will you please calculate <laughs> the scores? Tell us. <laughs> How many dockings uh, this has? Uh, I definitely don't want you to take that out of this show. Uh, all right, so this song is definitely full of dockings, that's for sure. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 all right, uh, so, oh, my God. Who's watching you by San Francisco Bad Boys Bane <laughs> is pushing a whopping... 69.35 nice 69 dude yeah they don't yeah. really maybe bad boys was the wrong choice maybe you think so bad. you think uh pretty boys i don't know davy's not that pretty uh they're just cool they're just cool there's a lot of docking there's there's no docking dave uh yes. will you please tell us where that lands this song on the breaking vinyl Wall of Fame. All right, on the bonus track chart, it comes in at number 11, just under uh, Gerard McMahon's Cry Little Sister from The Lost Boys and Over Wolf Mother with Woman. 
hmm, okay. Uh, both of those songs I like more than this one, but that's fine. Okay, Definitely. so uh, it is time to do favorite song, least favorite song, replace a member, and give our final thoughts. So I will get us started. My favorite song on this, man, it was a three-way tie. It was tied up so good, Gypsy so good, and another uh, final goodbye or whatever it is called, so good. So take your choice. I guess if I had to pick one to play for somebody, it would probably be another last time just because it's it's so polished and refined. Um, song I would cut would be The Morning. I mean, reminded me of 5150. I loved it. Didn't really belong on this album, though. I would remove no one from this band. I would replace. I, I wouldn't replace. I would add Izzy Stradlin, and I would add him for the reason that I believe he would refine these songs to perfection and probably would have suggested more background vocals. So that's what I got on that section of it. Dave, what do you got? All right. Favorite track is another last time. I think it is their best song on the album. Definitely the one that sticks with me the most out of all of them. I would cut no warning. I just didn't think it was good as the other songs. Uh, as far as the replacement, uh, the bassist is perfect. Singer sounds good. The guitar sounds good. Although, you know, like I said, he's too obsessed with Slash. Uh, I'd have to replace the drummer. Uh, I, I just don't think he has as much character as I'd like, even though he did a good job. Uh, a little straightforward. Uh, I think maybe for fun, Dave Grohl might inject some extra punk attitude into this. Interesting. I mean, great drummer. Yeah. Can't take that away from him. Uh, Ed. What do you got? I'm I'm kind of shell-shocked by what I've just heard. Me too. Uh, and this is going to be why. <clears throat> Favorite track? Another last time. Uh, just it's, it's a beautiful song. We, the three of us all agree on that. Track I would cut, take my hand. I just can't unhear the ocean by Led Zeppelin on it. Um, but replace one member, Desi. This is my exact note. I wouldn't remove anyone, but I would add Izzy Stradlin <laughs> and some backup singers. There you go. Nice. We heard we, it the same. It's unbelievable. Oh, shit. That's awesome. Wow. Oh, shit. And hey, let's put Slash in there. Why not? We'll put the original in. <laughs> Wait one minute. Oh, shit. That's fucking awesome. Uh, okay. Um, Fee, what do you got? For favorite track, I was torn between Gypsy or The Wire. I'll go with Gypsy. I, I think I kind of went back to that one the most. Um, I didn't really want to cut anything, but if I had to, it would be tied up, I guess. I don't know. It just didn't make sense. But uh, with that one song, I, I was like, I wonder what Slash would do with this. I, I, I didn't get as heavy a Slash influence as you got, Dave, throughout the album, but I think he would be the guy to kind of do it. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I yeah. agree. hundred percent. I mean, Slash is better than this guy. I mean, he just is. So yeah, probably would have just kicked it up another mm -hmm. notch. <laughs> right, right. Uh, all right. Uh, let's quickly do some final thoughts. We'll give some scores. We will put this thing forever on the chart, and then we will find out what sleazy, LA-dripping, dark, badass band Ed is bringing <laughs> to the show. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so... Uh, at the end of week of listening to this album, 
it definitely did feel familiar, like an old favorite. For a super modern rock band, these guys are fucking killer. The musicianship, top shelf. Singer, kicks ass. And the songwriting, very strong. Uh, This entire album is now in my rotation. And for that reason, it is pushing 91.01 watts. It is a fucking banger. It's, It's in rare air. It's great. Dave, what do you got? All right. Well, I was excited to check out a cool newer band. Uh, I feel like these guys are good, but not great yet. Um, I have friends in bands, um, several people with songs that smoke these guys, I think. Um, Honestly, I'm not sure how at at this point in their career, how they've gotten as big as they have in six years. Um, I feel like they're a great local band, but not really ready to be big um but however looking at the website they are touring the world this year so you know what the hell do i know (laughs) after checking out the album i was curious about the rest of their stuff like i said i checked out the 2019 ep and the 2023 newest album Uh, i think the newer album is better than this one Um, if they continue to improve and develop their own sound i think another two albums they'll really be smoking Uh, maybe consider working with an outside writer or two for punching up those hooks. Uh, I've seen a fair number of bands of this style, sort of classic rock-influenced meat and potatoes, uh, kind of rock and roll come out and not quite break through and then disappear. But hopefully these guys will persevere and do great things in their future. They definitely have potential. Um, A little better than average. Uh, I looked it up. The album's only 30 minutes. Uh, I, Mm. I feel like they could have added... Two more good songs. Uh, it was surprisingly over almost too fast. Um, so I really struggled with the score as far as, you know, the, the high musicianship, the, the good potential that they have, uh, but sort of struggled with that, that uh, you know, sort of wearing their influences a little too much. And, uh, you know, so I sort of had to ding them a little bit as far as just, you know, I, I don't, maybe not loving it as much as, as some of the other albums that we've uh, checked out. So I gave it, which might be a little bit low, but I'm giving it a 57, a little higher than average. No, that's too low. That's a, a little bullshit bit low. score. That's a <laughs> Holy score. Shit. Bullshit score. Bullshit score. The way this is that. <laughs> Ed, please make a correction on this. Tell us what you thought of the album. Oh my God. Wow. Like, I could see your points, Dave, but 57. I was thinking, like, you were going to go, like, 65, 72, 57. 57. That's, like, average. I think it's way more than an average album. Were your headphones broken? Were both both sides (laughs) working? That that was my struggle, was kind of going in between the, the, yes, you know, they sound good, they're good musicians, but... I'm, I'm looking at the other albums on the chart and it's like, do I want to listen to this more than this album or this album? Kind of, kind of don't, you know, gotcha. so that, that, gotcha. that's why I put it there, even yeah. though, you know, I'll admit, you know, that may be kind of low, but I have to. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay. You have a reason. <clears throat> All right. Uh, God, it, I wrote this before we did the show and it's so funny that it came up in the show. 
1988, after Jakey Lee left Ozzy Osbourne, he formed a band named Badlands. Oh, <laughs> uh, this album is the exact style of Badlands. Unfortunately, some of some things happen, and you can no longer find Badlands music anywhere. Nice. Uh, I think that added to my feelings for this band in uh, this album. I also have to say, if this is the direction music is heading, I can't wait. Great things are coming in a resurgence of live music which, with actual instruments and not just DJs and solo singers playing to recorded tracks. This was a breath of fresh air for me. I, I'm going to totally be binging this band for the next several months because I dig their sound. I dig their vibe. My only knock is, again backing vocals if they added more backing vocals and i'm not talking loaded up i'm just talking at little accents here and there just to add some thickness to certain aspects of the melody it would this that would have been like that would have been over the top for me it would have been scored in the 90s for me for me though just because of that i had to tick them down a little and I gave them an 87.8 watts. Great score. Great score. Fee, talk to us. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm glad we did this too. Like I was saying at the beginning, I don't really listen to a lot of newer rock. And uh, this was this was pretty good. Pretty good, but not great. You know, and, and I, I went back and forth on my score on this a lot. Kind of like you, Dave. You know, I was sitting there. I was like, man, am I? Am I scoring this too low? Am I scoring this too high? I, I don't know. You know, I changed my score three times throughout the course of the week with this. <laughs> um, I will say this. One thing, one good thing that came out of this is, you know, I see a lot of bands like the Black Crows and stuff like that when they come. And I always go in just for them. I never go in for the opener. I'm like, a oh, new rock. I haven't heard anything good in years, blah, blah, blah. I will never miss a fucking opener again, you know, after listening to this this album for sure, you know. So when I see them in a few weeks, I will... I, I hope they have someone good opening for him because I, you know, this, this was good. This was good. Good to listen to. Uh, same as you though, Ed, I kind of knocked it. My, my one, my one knock was can't anyone else fucking sing in this band or is it just the, just the lead singer who was killer. He was great. Um, so for that, I, I felt they missed some opportunities and you know, some of the songs need to be punched up a little bit. So I gave them a 75. That's fair score. Uh, I went so high just because I haven't heard guys play this good in a decade. I'm with you guys. It was amazing. It was amazing. But everybody made good points. Everybody. Dave, Fee, Ed, everybody made great points on this album. Okay. Uh, Ed, will you please calculate those scores? (laughs) Tell us how many watts this album is pushing. Thanks for remembering me, Des. You got oh, it. I feel so honored. <laughs> you should. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Dirty Honey by Dirty Honey is pushing a solid 77.7 watts. That's too low. I There's agree. no way I this it, isn't in the 80s. It should be at least 82, in my opinion, yes. but fair enough. It's not. It is what it is. That sucks. Maybe Dave will go back and change his score on Groundhog Day when he when he sees his his fucking misguided wrongdoing. <laughs> the error of his ways. <laughs> the error of his ways. Okay. Uh, Dave, will you please tell us where that score lands? Dirty Honey's Dirty Honey on the Breaking Vinyl 
Machado. All right, that puts it at number 19, just under the Rolling Stones' Beggar's Banquet and over Tina Turner's Private Dancer. Private fucking dancer. Who chose that? That was Ed, right? No, that was me. No, that was Dave. That was Dave. Dave. That's a good album. Come private. On. Every time it comes up, I laugh. I mean, I'm private dancer. I would listen to okay. this album over that Stones album any day of the week. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, I would as well. A lot more energy there. Cool. All right. Um, Ed, you've promised us a dirty, a dirty bad boy album. And I'm going to disappoint <laughs> Oh, I couldn't God. find one. <laughs> so what I do we find one that I'm like that I was like, yeah, this is the band that I want to show and represent my dirty side. So, oh, God. Uh, I went with an older album. Okay. Well, not older for us, but uh, older and recorded between 1980 and 1981. They are, in my opinion, Canada's second greatest trio. Uh-oh. <laughs> I already hate it. I already oh, hate it. Do you want to take a guess who it is? The band? Dave knows. Go ahead. Um, I'm thinking Triumph. You are correct. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, God. Oh. No. Not Triumph. Triumph is not like Rick Emmett. Oh, he's a monster player. Great voice. And I'm going with Allied Forces by Triumph. Oh, Allied Forces by Triumph. Okay. Yeah. I, this, this, I, I don't know now, if I've ever heard it. Really, there's, there's it's early technologies the way they separated some of the tracks. Like, I'm gonna go out, you can't count one track because it's literally is this should have been the intro of a song and not an actual track. So, I don't know if they just fuck something up in recording or whatever, but it's what's literally big, just an air raid siren. <laughs> what's a big triumph song? Uh, Magic Power, Never uh, heard Allied it. Forces. Never heard it. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. It, guaranteed you've heard Magic Power at some point on the radio. Is it on did this you album? Watch, did you watch the Us Festival? Yes. Then you heard. But a I fast. Chunk of this album. But I fast forwarded past all the gay bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look okay. to Judas Priest, who is an actual gay band. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know if KK Downing and Glenn Timpton were docking, but. Okay. No, no, no. But we all know that uh, yes. what's his yes. name was. A lot of docking <laughs> on this episode. That was strange. Okay. Yeah. Listen, we, we fly all the flags. Uh, you're going to need a foreskin for that. Okay. Uh... <laughs> and you're the only one with one. <laughs> oh, God. Give me a Q-tip. Um, next week. Uh, this week. Go ahead. Hey, did you ever see that movie? Our sister podcast. We will be reviewing Back to the Future. I have a lot of thoughts on this, man. There were some bad decisions made. So that's it. Um, until next week, when we will be reviewing Triumph. Take the albums out of the sleeve and let the music breathe. See you later. Bye-bye. Later. <laughs> okay. Oh, Big God. Day love fest is over.